What's up, Warriors, and welcome to Warrior Life Podcast number 360. That's right, 360. This is Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson, and today I asked Jeff if I could talk to a topic that I didn't set out to make near and dear to my heart, but which became something that I have a little bit of experience with. That topic is dealing with your internet enemies. All right, are you ready? Do you have internet enemies of your own? Then let's talk internet security. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson for the Warrior Life Podcast today. Um, I saw something over the weekend that is what inspired this podcast. Uh, Jeff, as you know, has been making videos on self-defense and survival topics for years and years and years. And a clip of a 10-year-old video of his, I think it was that old, uh, made its way onto one of the Instagram accounts that I follow that's devoted to people making fun of other martial arts techniques. And they had clipped out a very tiny portion of the video and were making fun of mostly of the fact that Jeff referred to kicking someone in the groin as kicking them in the schnuggies. That was a schnuggies was a was a term of much amusement and I, I mentioned it to Jeff and he's like yeah that sort of silliness is all over the internet he was unfazed because you know when you when you're the big dog there's always somebody nipping at your heels but the whole uh, uh, sequence the idea that there's people out there on the internet got me to thinking about the fact that many of us thanks to the beauty and power of the internet make enemies on the internet uh, there's that old meme going around that you know if you could tell someone from the past, something about the present day that would completely blow their minds, what would it be? The answer being, I have in my possession, in my pocket, a device that connects me to the sum total of all the information and entertainment anywhere in the world and in all of history that has been compiled by mankind. And I use that amazing device to look at videos of cats and make people on the internet angry. I make enemies out of strangers. Uh, and it's very true. If you spend any time on the internet, especially if you have opinions, you're going to make enemies. There is no shortage of internet drama. And the other part of all of this that, that sort of inspired this podcast was I was following some internet drama involving a young fellow who carries himself as an instructor. I don't know as I would consider him qualified to be a firearms instructor, who had done something in a class where he managed to, you know, muzzle the class with the barrel of his AR-15 and there was a lot of debate about well you know was he really doing something improper was it really unsafe and and so that got me thinking about internet drama and and the the constant arguing and the feuds that go on online but I wanted to bring it down to a more personal level because often I'm willing to bet that if you haven't had this experience personally you may know someone who has had something of an online feud with someone someone who's made an enemy either in real life or online and has then had to contend with the fallout of that and and it can be really distracting it can bother you it can rob you of your peace of mind to know that there's somebody out there either on the internet or you know in person using the internet they might be someone local to you or they might not be it's very upsetting to know there's someone out there who means you ill uh, and I've experienced that more than once and I'm willing to bet that while my life has not exactly been typical in that regard I've accumulated more than my fair share of internet enemies thanks to my jobs 
Uh, you've probably had to deal with this, or you might have to deal with this in the future. The internet is so integral to our lives now that it's almost just a matter of time before you make an internet enemy. So I thought I would compile for you today five tips based on my personal experiences of how uh, to deal with your internet enemies, specifically how, how not to make them and if you then have to contend with them anyway, uh, what you then could do. So we're gonna, we're gonna divide this into five rules. And the very first rule is rule number one, which I learned through hard experience, do not engage. Now, to, to give an example, I, I used to work part-time as a journalist before I came to Warrior Life. And as a result, I have written lots and lots of articles. And the thing about writing articles is when you write unflattering articles about other people, they get upset and you make enemies out of them. So that's part of where my experience with internet enemies comes from. But the other part is just that I wasn't always good about not picking fights with lunatics. And you know that the internet has no shortage of crazy people on it. So I was on uh, Twitter, the, the micro-blogging site, as people used to call it. Now, these days, it's just Twitter and a string of profanity most of the time when people talk about Twitter. But I was on Twitter, and I saw a guy, he was, a, he was an author, and he had posted a blog, something about, you know, it, the title was kind of arrogant, but it was like, this is why your book ranks so low in Amazon standings. And um, I, I looked at that article and I just out of curiosity, I followed the link and I saw the author's name and then I looked up his books and then I discovered that his own book ranked really low on the Amazon listings and it was because he was primarily marketing the Kindle books, not the paper book and the paper book was really, really low. So I responded to that tweet. This is a stranger, somebody I don't know. Um, I responded to that and said, well, so-and-so's book is ranked such and such, you know, the implication being ha ha ha, he's giving you advice that he must not follow himself. What I didn't know was that I was picking a fight with a crazy person because this relatively harmless uh, post that I thought, this guy ended up generating not one, not two, but three blogs about what a great big jerk I am. And now these, are, these don't exist, so don't go looking for these. You're not going to find them. But <laughs> as a result, he, if you did a search for my name, you would find these blogs like right on the top because as it turns out, this guy had a really popular following. He was quite a successful um, uh, self-published author. There's, there's that branch of self-publishing where there's some authors who do really quite well for themselves. And uh, he had quite a following. So when he put up blogs about what a great big jerk I am, it had an impact. And if I just left well enough alone, if I just resisted the urge to make fun of a stranger, I never would have had that problem. So it taught me that when it comes to dealing with internet enemies, the first step is not to make them. Just think twice before you take a shot at somebody. Always ask yourself, am I picking a fight with a crazy person? This is a lot like not flipping people off in traffic. Like, you know, you can road rage and get away with it for a while, but sooner or later, you're gonna pick a fight with the wrong person. As they say, you never know who's got a gun, you never know who's crazy enough to ram you with their car, that kind of thing. So again, on the internet, when you're dealing with what looks like words on a screen or on your phone, and you don't really think about the fact that there's people connected to those accounts, Always ask yourself, do I really want to pick a fight with a stranger? I don't know anything about this person, and they might be a lot more trouble than they're worth. I've learned that lesson painfully over the years, and we'll get to that in the course of this podcast. Rule number two is connected to that, that first story. Ask politely. It never hurts to ask politely. And by that I mean uh, the author that I offended, he turned out not to be an unreasonable guy. This guy wrote three blogs full of hatred about what a jerk I am. But uh, I contacted him 
and I said, hey man, um, I know I made you mad. Your blogs are like on the first page when you search for my name, and I'm worried that that might cause me some trouble in the future, like when applying to jobs and stuff. I, uh, I don't have the money to sue you, and this is not me threatening to sue you, but I'm asking you, like, I, I don't... Th- you know, I don't think what I did was so horrible that you need to wreck my life over it. Would you be willing to just take those down and let bygones be bygones? This will not always work because a lot of the crazy people that you offend will not be reasonable. But in this case, it absolutely worked. He he took it down. He deleted them. And that was that. Um, he even sort of indicated a, a kind of curiosity about who I was as a person uh, that, that showed that, you know, sometimes people get mad and they're not really horrible monsters. So you can't count on that. A lot of people are horrible monsters, but it never hurts to ask. So rule number one, don't engage. But if you do engage, rule number two, ask politely for this all to be over. Sometimes it'll work. You know, you never get the no if you don't ask, so you might as well ask. Now, rule number three, uh, some people will fold at the threat of legal action. Not nearly all of them, but once in a while that will work. So I I was uh, minding my own business and I started to get messages and I got one phone call from people asking me about some journalism work that I had done many, many years ago. And I'm like, what? Why now? Why is this suddenly coming up? And these things pop up on the internet once in a while, so I didn't really think a whole lot of it. What I discovered, though, was that a guy I'd never heard of on YouTube had made a video about uh, some material that I had published 10 years ago. And he was very upset about the stuff that I thought 10 years ago. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where you've been for the last decade. Did you just wake up from the block of ice that the scientists thawed you out from, you know, after they discovered your flying saucer crashed in the Arctic Circle? Like, why now, man? But uh, I found him on Twitter. It was easy enough to find. And I, I just engaged him in conversation. And I said, look, man, what you're doing is legally actionable libel. Now, there's a lot of people who will not be swayed by that, and they actually shouldn't be, because these are usually empty threats. But there are people who will fold at the first mention of legal action. I used to be one of them. In the early days of my journalism, I actually wrote an article about uh, a martial arts figure uh, on whom a certain movie from the 1980s is allegedly based. He called me up and threatened me with legal action. Now, in my defense, I'm not special. I don't think that guy's ever had a phone call with anyone he didn't threaten to sue. But you know, a famous person, mildly famous person, called me up and threatened to sue me. Uh, and I immediately took down the article because I didn't want to deal with that. There's going to be people who don't know how the legal system works. And the first time you mention legal action, they'll fold. You can't count on that, though, because anybody who's been around for a while, myself included now, will go, oh, that sounds serious. I better get a lawyer. And they just won't be discouraged by your empty threats. Sometimes if you send a cease and desist letter, it may work. Um, most of the time, it won't. So be aware, rule number three, is that sometimes people will fold at the threat of legal action. Now, I'm not telling you anytime someone says something mean about you, go out and threaten to sue them. I'm saying sometimes people will say things about you that are actually false, that are actually libelous or defamatory. Um, This happens a lot on the Internet. Most people just kind of roll with it, but it happens. I knew a guy uh, quite some time ago uh, who his name ended up on one of those anonymous reporting websites I want to say it was called, like, Don't Date Him, Girl. And there are other sites like that devoted to commercial concerns. One of them is called Ripoff Report, stuff like that. Anonymous people can leave any amount of libel on these websites. They can say, this person, you know, ripped me off and and stole my money and and cursed my crops and they're a witch and burned them at the stake. And, you know, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. It's all anonymous. And if you contact most of these sites, and this this person that I, I knew 
who ended up on the Don't Date Him Girl site was was basically being described as something just short of a date rapist by somebody who had gone out with him. And, and really, all these sites are aggregators for libel and defamation. But because of the uh, the way the internet law works, you know, the, there's liability, there's an indemnity for liability from third-party content for most impartial platforms. And I know that's a big point of debate right now with major social media sites and how they censor things. But be that as it may, especially back then, there was very little that this guy could do about the fact that someone was posting to the internet that he was a really, really bad guy. And and it wasn't true, so it was probably very much actionable libel, but how do you sue an anonymous you know piece of text on the internet? And the website that put it up, they're like, well, anybody can put up anything. We can't do anything about that, and you can't sue us. So uh, that leads me to rule number four, which is uh, it may be time to actually talk to a lawyer, and if we're talking about threats on the internet, it may be time to actually involve the police. Um, threats of legal action are one thing, but when things get serious, rule number four, it may be time to involve the actual authorities or actual lawyers. Most of the time, especially when people are making threats, your goal is to create a paper trail. So for example, if somebody is stalking you online and they're threatening to hurt you, and then one day they show up at your house and you shoot them dead in legal, lawful self-defense, you know, justifiably, morally, and legally, it's much to your benefit to have a paper trail establishing that you talk to the police about the fact that you were being stalked. You know, it establishes in the minds of a prosecutor and or a jury what exactly was going on. Um, in the less serious cases, things like libel, defamation, it's very hard to sue someone for lying about you. It's very difficult to sue someone across state lines. Uh, but whenever anyone threatens you, and especially if someone threatens to sue you, stop talking to them. So I know I'm mixing these up. I'm talking about threats. I'm talking about threats of legal action. I'm talking about violent threats. It, it all kind of falls under the same heading because when things turn legal, it means you must turn things over to the lawyers and to the police. If I'm talking to someone and he threatens to murder me, I must stop talking to him. If I'm talking to someone and he threatens to sue me, similarly, I must stop talking to him because those threats, whether they're threats of legal action or threats of violence, take our interaction out of the realm of what I can handle as a person and put them in the realm of what the authorities and what the lawyers and what the police have to handle. So in the case of somebody threatening to sue me years ago, I, uh, I did some editing work uh, because among the many things that I do as a journalist and, and a writer, I, I did some editing work for uh, a client who was very unhappy with the work done, I think because I made the mistake of explaining to him why his writing was not good. Uh, and weirdly, people have a problem with that. Uh, so he sent me uh, a series of emails demanding all his money back. And I said, well, we can talk about this, we can negotiate this, but I can't just give you all your money back because I'm out my time and effort. I can't unedit your work. And he sent me a threat that said, if you don't give me all my money back, I'll tell the internet that you're a bad person and a bad editor. And, and you know, the, the implication was that he would make up stuff too. And so I immediately stopped talking to him because he was threatening. He was threatening to sue me and, uh, you know, threatening to engage in illegal actions. Well, also, if in case you missed it, in there was sort of an extortion attempt across state lines because he was emailing me from somewhere else. Well, because this was somebody threatening me with legal action, I immediately stopped talking to him. I had a lawyer uh, who was... Not really, like, it's not like I'm some high-powered guy who has attorneys on retainer, but I knew a lawyer who could talk to his lawyer. So that person did me the favor of calling up his lawyer and saying, you know, my client, she sort of 
bent the truth for me and said that I was her client. I think my client was most upset by your client trying to extort him across state lines. Uh, at, at which point she told me that this guy's attorney was like, excuse me? And of course, the reason we knew that he had an attorney and how we got in touch was I got an email. I got an email with a, a legal letter in it. And in the letter was uh, so-and-so says you owe him this money. So pay it to him and talk to him, not us. And that's how I knew that he just paid them just enough money to put a demand letter on their legal letterhead and that they probably weren't going to come after me. Uh, so, you know, I, I put the two lawyers in touch. They talked and I never heard from this guy again, which is the best outcome. Uh, but again, when someone involves the law, then you must stop talking to them. If somebody threatens you, if somebody physically threatens you, not only do you stop talking to them, you block them and you consider going to the authorities again to create that paper trail. Disengage. Whatever you do, don't make threats of your own. I know that a lot of us spend a lot of time involved in self-defense and, and uh, legal concealed carry and we want to think of ourselves as capable people. What is the point of doing all that if you can't defend yourself, you may think? And I understand that. I understand that frustration. Quite a few years ago, and I realize a lot of these stories happened quite a few years ago, so apparently I'm old now. But quite a few years ago, a family member of mine was threatened by a guy uh, who turned out to be a homeless guy. And we went and got a restraining order against that homeless guy because uh, this was you know, a very serious threat of murder. Well, he never showed up to court and they never found him because where are they going to go to get him? He doesn't live anywhere. Uh, and apparently he left the area and was never heard from again. But I remember feeling that frustration, like I can't do anything. I know all of these ways to defend myself or someone else. I own legal weapons. There's nothing I can do that is within the bounds of the law. So if someone starts threatening you, all you can do is disengage with them. Don't make threats. Don't have conversations with them. Talk to local law enforcement. Talk to whatever the appropriate authorities are. I know this from experience because I have put the same guy in jail and prison twice. I'll tell you a very short version of that story. Years ago, I wrote an article, you know, in my, in my time as a martial arts journalist, I wrote an article about a specific character and it was about claims he had made that turned out not to be true. And I was able to legally substantiate that by, uh, you know, a lot of guys will do the stolen valor thing where they claim to have military backgrounds. They don't. And uh, I wrote an article, stupidly, because I was young and, and, and dumb, I wrote an article where I pulled a Freedom of Information Act request for this guy's legal, uh, for his military service, and I talked about how he was lying. Well, as you can imagine, he didn't like that very much. And he started going, we, we went back and forth on the internet for quite a long time, a number of years. You know, it was in sort of an ongoing internet feud. It's where I sort of became acquainted with the concept of having internet enemies at all. And then this guy got arrested for making terroristic threats. Uh, he was threatening local officials. He'd been arrested a bunch of times. He got a rap sheet as long as your arm. When I found out all these things, uh, you know, the, the journalist in me wanted to learn more. Well, what I found out was he was actually a very dangerous person. I never should have contended with him in the first place. So I went through his blog where he made a lot of his threats. I packaged up all the stuff. I sent the information along to the local prosecutors. They looked at it and they said, you know, this is serious, but we can't arrest him because this blog could belong to anybody. We need to do some sort of elaborate sting operation where he admits to this blog being his. And then the very next day, the guy recorded a YouTube video and said, you should go to my blog, which is at this address. So that's all they needed. They went and arrested him. They put him in jail and they decided he was crazy. So they put him in a mental hospital and he was there for six months. And uh, that was a peaceful six months for me. 
But then when he got out, he immediately started doing YouTube videos and blogs about what a great big jerk I am, me personally. Um, and so uh, they dropped all the charges against him because apparently six months in a mental hospital was enough that I think the rationale was he was off his meds when he threatened local government officials. And now that he's on his meds again, the reason we arrested him is kind of a moot point. So he's free. <laughs> so what does he do? He goes out and buys a gun and he posts online about the fact that he bought a gun. And I looked at that and I thought, wait, I've bought guns before. I know for a fact that on the federal form it says, have you ever been in a mental hospital? Uh, and so I made a few calls. And folks from the government called me back. And they were intensely interested in what I had to say. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm something of a libertarian. I don't normally want to involve the government in people's lives. But there was, it was only a matter of time before this crazy person shot somebody. Uh, so they arrested him again. And they, this time he ended up in federal prison, where he is to this day. Um, and all of this has gone on for many years. This is a process that took years. Uh, it was years ago when I put him in jail the first time. It was three years ago when they put him in prison. He's been there ever since. He'll get out sometime next year. And when he gets out in the summer of 2022, I have more blog posts and more YouTube videos about what a great big jerk I am to look forward to because I made the mistake of making an internet enemy. If I could go back and never engage with this guy, I would. However, what's done is done. And because there's a crazy person out there who loves to make threats and who I've put behind bars twice, I'm pretty sure I get a set of steak knives if I put him in jail a third time. Uh, because of that, I've gotten really good at dealing with the authorities, which brings me to tip number five, uh, or rather uh, rule number five for tips for dealing with authorities when you're dealing with internet enemies. You have to remember, when you talk to the police, when you talk to somebody from like the FBI, uh, in my case, because this was a firearms thing, I ended up talking to someone from the ATF, which I'm not going to lie, if anything will make you nervous, it's being a, you know, a Second Amendment guy who ends up on the phone with an agent from the ATF. They're just, you know, in this case, she was just doing her job, but I, I'm not going to say I was excited about this process. So uh, re you have to remember, these people are, they have too much to do. They don't have enough resources. There is an endless number of weirdos out there, and uh, to make matters worse, they're constantly going after you know, people that probably should be left alone and, and sort of mixing all that in. So the truly dangerous people sometimes slip through the cracks. Most of these people do want to help, but if you make things too complicated, they will not understand. If I tried to launch into the incredibly elaborate, years-long story of my interactions with this one internet enemy who I've put in prison more than once, th they would lose that. It would become one of the parents or teachers in those old Peanuts comics, wah, 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 they wouldn't hear it. So if you have to deal with the authorities because someone has threatened you because you've made an internet enemy, remember to keep it simple. Go in chronological order. Package the ideas in easy to understand concepts. When I talk to these people, I say, well, I'm a part-time journalist or I was a part-time journalist when all this happened. I used to work for an online newspaper. This is why this happened. This is how I came into contact with this person. Uh, most recently, I actually talked to somebody from the U.S. Attorney's Office about this same guy that I put in prison twice because he had managed to get his hands on a contraband phone, apparently, and was posting to Facebook while in prison. Uh, and I found out about it because somebody tipped me off to the fact, you know, they know the history and they're like, hey, so-and-so, he's posting to Facebook and he's in prison. Uh, all of my knowledge about how these things work comes from Orange is the New Black. 
I'm led to understand that people can get contraband phones in prison and, and therefore post to social media. So that's apparently what happened. And the person from the U.S. Attorney's Office managed to make me feel like I was doing something wrong. She was very unpleasant, very brusque. Uh, so remember that when you talk to these people, you need to be completely honest. You know, don't embellish. Just give them the straight facts and don't expect anything from them. They will do only what they are inclined to do. Your case may not be a priority. And in the grand scheme of things, is this like homeland security preventing another terrorist attack? No. But in the case of this specific individual, putting him behind bars probably stopped him from committing a murder or shooting up a McDonald's. Um, and when you deal with Internet enemies, most of the time, I'm willing to bet that most of the people you're dealing with are not murderers and, and you know, straight out, you know, the types of crazy people that are a public danger. But you don't get to know who those people are when they are dangerous to others. Um, there are all kinds of stories about people who came into conflict on social media and that ended up becoming real life violence. There have been cases like that. People get into an argument on Facebook and then one guy goes to another guy's house and then somebody gets assaulted or even murdered. It has happened. So keep that in mind when you're contending with internet enemies. Uh, remember these rules. Uh, the way to deal with internet enemies and with internet drama is not to make enemies and not to start drama. So to recap, rule number one, do not engage. The best way not to have enemies is not to make them. Rule number two, if you offend someone, it never hurts to ask politely if you could just, hey, can we stop this? We don't need to do this. Rule number three, some people will be discouraged by the threat of legal action, but you can't count on that. A lot of people won't be. Rule number four is when things get serious and your internet enemies start making threats, either threats of legal action or threats of, of violence, it's time to involve the police. It's time to involve an attorney of your own. Stop talking to that person. Block them and don't engage with them. And then rule number five, remember when dealing with the authorities, you have to package your ideas, keep it simple, keep it chronological. Uh, don't expect anything from them. They'll do what they can and always be totally honest with them. I know this is a, this is a topic that it may not apply to all of you. A lot of you may be thinking, I've never made internet enemies, but... You never know that you've got an internet enemy until they let you know, sometimes. And a lot of us, I, what's that old saying? I think the quote is often attributed to, uh, well, I know there's a quote attributed to Mike Tyson that is, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. I have seen a quote floating around the internet that says, social media has made a lot of you way too comfortable uh, you know, insulting people and not getting punched in the face for it. And I don't know who to attribute that quote to. But the fact is, behind a computer screen, behind a phone screen, behind a tablet, I think we all tend to be a little more free with our words than we might otherwise be. And if you go around making internet enemies, you could conceivably end up having to deal with some serious long-term consequences. And in my case, me personally, not only have I had all of the stories I've told you today and more, uh, in part from making enemies when I was doing journalism that you know created a bumper crop of them. But I have some enemies who will be with me for years, including this guy that's gone to prison twice. You might say, well, well, Buck, if you didn't put the guy in prison twice, maybe he wouldn't hold that against you. Well, you know, my philosophy on that is when someone repeatedly threatens to murder you, putting them in jail is probably doing you both a favor. But still, my point is, if you can not engage and not start these things at all, that's really the best way. And if I could go back in time and change it, I probably would. All right, that's going to about do it for today. Again, this is Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson, who will return soon. Uh, for the Warrior Life podcast, remember, until next time, to prepare, 
train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.